You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. The Future of Pharmacy Podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. Now here's our host, Ken Perez. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm Ken Perez, OmniCell Vice President of Healthcare Policy and Government Affairs, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today. We're very excited that you found us and ask that you subscribe to our podcast series. Health systems are constantly challenged to ensure that IV preparations are prepared safely and accurately while complying with increasingly complex regulations. As a result, many rely on 503B outsourcing pharmacies to provide the vast majority of pre-mixed compounded sterile products. But as product shortages and pricing fluctuations in the supply chain become more acute, it actually puts more pressure on pharmacy staffs and budget. Joining me today to share insights on how his team helped rise to meet these challenges is Arpit Mehta, Director of Pharmacy for Allegheny General Hospital, located in the city of Pittsburgh. Arpit, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Ken. It's a pleasure to join you today. Arpit, please provide our audience an overview of Allegheny General Hospital and the pharmacy services that you provide. Allegheny General Hospital is a 650-bed academic medical center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, primarily serving our adult patient population in Western Pennsylvania. Um, AGH is a level one trauma center, a comprehensive stroke center, a certified cardiac center. Um, We have an operating annual budget of about $36 million, 120 employees within the department consisting of pharmacy interns, technicians, residents, pharmacists, clinical pharmacy specialists. Uh, We offer a pretty robust residency program with 19 residents total between our PGY1 as well as PGY2 residencies, as well as the PGY1, PGY2 combined HSPAL program. Uh, We built a brand new state-of-the-art pharmacy in 2019. Um, As far as our patient care goes, we have uh, a patient-centered model uh, where our pharmacist and clinical specialists round with multidisciplinary team, um, a complete BPMH program or the best possible medication history, as well as the transition of care services. We offer meds-to-bed services to our patients upon discharge. Um, We have a decentralized model where about 90% of our medications are dispensed from automated dispensing cabinets. Um, We do about 60,000 oral doses and over 35,000 IV doses from the pharmacy on a monthly basis. Thanks so much for that overview, Arpit, and uh, you've been busy, and uh, it's, it's impressive what you guys are doing. So let's drill down into your current state of IV compounding operations. Can you share more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So at AGH, like I said earlier, we do about over 35,000 doses from our clean room monthly. So we have a very, very busy operations. Uh, we have one OmniCell IV station currently to compound some of our key critical care drips uh, and some OR syringes to help with insourcing some of these medications uh, that we used to purchase from our 503B partnered facilities. Uh, We'll be expanding this program and adding another IV station here in April to increase some of our production from the robot. Um, We'll also be implementing IV workflow solutions, so the OmniCell IVX, to help increase the safety, accuracy, uh, efficiency, and and ultimately reduce waste for our IV compounding. The project will be kicking off here in April. Uh, So we're very excited for all the projects that we have in place um, that are coming over the year. 
And one of the key thing is uh, also not only at AGH, but a lot of the IV workflow solution implementation will be across our 13 hospital Allegheny Health Network. Um, so we'll have standardized process in, in place as we roll out the IV workflow solution, uh, which will help with some of our challenges that we've, we have historically faced. Well, let's go back in time a couple of years to your previous state before you had IV automation. What were the clinical, operational, and business challenges that you were facing then? Yeah, so um, I think you alluded to earlier, as uh, similar to every other facility across the country, uh, we used to outsource a lot of our ready-to-use medications from our 503B vendors, uh, primarily our critical care drips, our norepinephrine, phenylephrine, vasopressin, uh, some of our OR syringes, you know, phadrin, neostigmine, uh, phenylephrine, uh, and, and others, succinylcholine. Um, and really, the the challenge was just balancing the the demand with the inventory on hand, um, in order to reduce waste and or not have or, or not have any waste at the end of the day. Um, you know, one of the examples I'd like to share is uh, during the winter months, for example, our vasopressin or uh, norepinephrine usage would increase significantly, but we wouldn't be able to get the supply that we need. So then we would have to end up compounding the medications in our clean rooms, which is okay. Uh, but ultimately, what that means is then we fall on USP um, beyond use dating, which prevents us from putting these medications at room temperature in our automatic dispensing cabinets or the anesthesia carts in the ORs. This is a huge inventory management concern um, and a constant struggle to keep up uh, with the demand uh, that we had. Uh, certainly, shortages uh, played a huge uh, role in, in, in hindering our day-to-day -day, um, operations, just trying to, again, balance the inventory versus what we needed when we needed it uh, to ensure we, ha we had the supply on hand. Um, certainly, lack of IV workflow solution across the network created some safety concerns for us. You know, one of the key things for, you know, if you don't measure, you don't know. And that's a, that's a challenge with manual compounding because we're not measuring the gravimetric or volumetric verification at the end of the prep. Um, so one of the things we, we wanted to do was how do we get ahead of it? How do we know 100% confidence that everything we compounded in our clean rooms are, is accurate? We, you know, I mentioned earlier, we built a state-of-the-art pharmacy. We've spent so much resources and efforts in in designing clean rooms to help with the sterility uh, of the USB or the uh, or IV compounding. But really, what about accuracy? <laughs> and that's what we really needed to wanted to focus on: is how do we accurately compound the medication safely uh, for our patients, and and how do we know that for sure? And that's where the gravimetric volumetric piece plays a role. Uh, one of the things we also observed was just lack of standardized preparations, even among our technicians in, in our one pharmacy clean room, um, let, let alone standardization across the network. So um, it was important for us to have a system that allows us to compound consistently the same way, use the same beyond use dating, um, complete all the documentation the same way, uh, so we can run some reports and data analytics at the on the back end to help improve uh, efficiency and and again safety and quality uh, for all the preps across the network. So, given all those challenges, what were some of the measures of performance that you used for your IV compounding operations? Yeah, I want to say it's, it was very, very manual. <laughs> so we manually tracked, uh, you know, once a year we would do a large project uh, where we would collect all the waste that would get returned from the nursing units, go back and track and try to figure out why they were wasted, what happened, do we remake them, you know, essentially, um, uh, if, if we could reuse them, how could we? 
Um, we tracked our spending, of course, with our 503B vendors. Um, just at AGH, we spent over $2.5 million with our 503B vendors um, and um, really manually tracking compliance, documentation requirements that are with the USP, um, tracking the lot number requirements and, and expiration dates, uh, manual inventory management in our clean rooms. Um, so again, as the, the key is manual, it was a very, very manual labor intensive uh, operation in our clean room. Well, you're giving us a great picture of challenges and the pressures you face. So what do you think was the tipping point that led you to evaluate your processes and, and make a change? Yeah, one of the key things where um, some of our partnered 503B vendors um, started uh, or stopped compounding uh, medications for us or lack of compounding uh, medications, which prevented us from receiving what we uh, needed for our patients. And finding a partner was just becoming more and more challenging. I would go to our hospital nursing huddle on a you know daily basis and discuss these shortages. I just remember seeing the look on our, C C our CNO and our COO on a daily basis to say, "Hey, today we have fentanyl, tomorrow we have Dilaudid," and trying to figure out you know what is our uh, what is our product that we have available that we can put in our automated dispensing cabinets um, and um, um, and or anesthesia carts and and try to manage that. Uh, of course, anything we compound, again, we have to follow the USP beyond use dating. So the operational challenges that comes with control substance storage requirements just continue to build. Um, and, you know, it was it was right around those times I was having a conversation with our, C, our, our CO here at AGH, um, as well as our vice president of pharmacy, is we just need to do something better. We need to compound this product ourselves. We need to get control over our inventory on hand. And, um, you know, there's uh, there, there are solutions that we need to explore uh, to get ahead of the problem. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm Ken Perez, your host, speaking with Arpit Mehta, Director of Pharmacy at Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh. Now, Arpit, we th thank you so much for setting the stage for our audience. Now, let's talk about your search for a solution. Who was involved? What were your two or three most important criteria? How long did it take? And what surprises did you encounter along the way? Yeah, so we had a team of uh, uh, a team of folks from across the network that we started doing a deeper dive on what our solution is uh, and how do we again get ahead of our problem. So one of the key things for us is we were looking for a partner to build our IB program. Um, we weren't necessarily looking for a piece of automation that we could do something with. We really wanted somebody who we can work with consistently uh, to have the production that we wanted or needed uh, for our patients. We wanted flexibility in what we compound uh, and when. Uh, we wanted automation that provided data analytics and opportunity to improve and grow uh, with 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 both of us. And um, and really, so a team of us started on that journey. Um, IV Robotics, of course, was was immediately um, you know in our, in the forefront of what we were looking for. Uh, to have that automation in place to to replace purchasing of our 503B products and. Um, and as we started looking, we we looked at OmniCell, um, of course, um, as the robotics uh, solution or partner for us uh, at AHN. And uh, the benefits of uh, you know some of the IV station compared to some of our uh, 
competitor vendors, if you will, at the time um, stood out significantly. We essentially did a, a pro and con, uh, if you will, analysis of all the different vendors and you know which stands out to be superior. So as we went through that, um, uh, those were some of the things that we were looking for uh, in our partnered um, um, you know IV vendor. Uh, to expand our program and, and create a safe, um, efficient operations for us. Well, as you shared about this partnership uh, aspiration, it really covered people, processes, and technology. Um, so how did this approach of having that kind of service uh, in your shopping list there, so to speak, benefit your operation? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think one of the one of the key things also for us was we didn't again want an automation where we had to go and compound the uh, the medications where with the technician staff that we were struggling to fill our regular positions. And um, one of the solutions we explored was a service program with OmniCell, where along with the automation we would have the staff uh, that would help us run the program. And really, at the end of the day, the experts who know the device in and out, rather than rotating a group of technicians through the program um, was was amazing. It really helped us um, uh, helped us focus, prioritize, and have those technicians, again, dedicated to the robot, to the device, so they know the robot in and out, they know the capacity, they can push the capacity in the limit, um, and really have a, have a deeper understanding in the relationship with the engineers, with the vendor, uh, and, and it helped us really uh, expand the program quite a bit. Um, so that was that, that was just a, a need uh, for us. Um, one of the key things also was um, was having a trained uh, team, having the train the trainer model, so to speak, for our pharmacist as they are checking the medications that the robots compounding, the quarantine process, ensuring that. Um, we, we follow the appropriate process that's that's needed uh, for uh, for quarantine, also for controlled substances and tracking all of our production and the waste and uh, and things of that sort. So having a dedicated pharmacist in the clean room helped us with that process. Um, our supervisor who for the clean room who also oversees the program uh, really helped us kick off with that project. Well, given all those steps, I um, want to ask you, what were some of the clinical, operational, and financial benefits that you've seen as a result? Yeah, so some of the op uh, operational benefits is, has just been tremendous. Uh, really, the day-to-day -day time that we were spending in, in, in trying to figure out what we have on hand, what to compound, uh, just the shortage management piece has been has been huge. We've been able to produce what we want when we want, uh, and and really reduce the waste as well as our uh, as our demand and the capacity now now meets. And um, um, uh, from financial benefits, uh, it's been a, a huge success for us. So as I said earlier, we used to do about two point five million dollars in spend uh, with our five hundred three B vendors. Uh, by insourcing just in the last year, and really that's only six months of production, we've had almost seven hundred thousand dollars in savings by insourcing uh, our our you know five hundred three B medications utilizing the robot, and that's after paying for the robot and the service that we are we're gaining. That that's net savings for us. So that's that was a huge success. Um, Clinically, of course, it's great because we don't have to decide whether we're going to use fentanyl more or Dilaudid today and really let the clinical team make a decision on what we need to compound or what we want to use for the patients and not have operational challenges dictate that. That's a tremendous success story and no, no question about it. So I think everyone's going to be listening and thinking about this. What are the lessons that you learned 
you know, obviously a very successful uh, transition, very successful transformation. What are some of the lessons that you could share with our audience? How would you guide and, and advise others to do a similar kind of thing for their organization? Yeah, and I think the the key lessons are that we learned was, of course, getting our IT team involved early on in the project, ensuring that all the uh, technical requirements are met, uh, server requirements are met, um, making sure we have the product, um, um, you know, in place uh, from data requirements. Um, one of the things we also had to ensure as we built the new pharmacy was um, uh, was having the metal plates underneath from construction perspective. So getting our team engaged early on with uh, with that process was important. Um, I think one of the other key concept also is again training, tra getting the train the trainer model, where. Um, where we where we had our our core team ready to go as we launched the product, so we were really able to get the robot up and running in less than four weeks um, from from bringing the pro the robot in house to having a full production in place. Um, certainly, having the technicians that are fully trained uh, from Omnicell was a huge help, so we didn't have to get go through our technicians through the training uh, portion on how to run the robot. Uh, so those were some of the key lessons for us. Uh, there's certainly, you know, huge financial, clinical, operational savings that that comes naturally. Um, so getting our CFO involved early on to help with the success of the project, it was a very easy sell. I'll be honest. Um, getting our CO involved, of course, was uh, early on was a key as well as he really helped us push the project uh, along, not only at AGH but across the network um, in in getting approvals. Well, it's great that you have that C-suite support. So I have to ask, what's on the horizon for your IV sterile compounding program? What, what do you like to do in the future? Yeah, our goal is um, essentially anything that's manufactured, uh, ready-to-use product that are available, uh, we would purchase them and use the barcode uh, scanning capability of the IV workflow solution uh, for, for process for that. For anything that we compound patient-specific, use the gravimetric, volumetric uh, IV workflow solution process for it again. And anything that we batch in the hospital, utilize robotics to, to compound. Um, so again, I think I mentioned earlier, we're looking to expand the program a little bit as well. Uh, and that's a key to our, uh, you know, to our vision, if you will, for all the batch product, is we want to ensure that we have, um, we, we, uh, that whatever our demand is, is what we are able to compound. Uh, and again, adding that additional robot will help us achieve that. Uh, and really not only just for AGH, but also uh, compounding some medications for our network facilities that are non-controlled medications to really help um, take advantage of, uh, of uh, again, shortage management and mitigation uh, across the network and not just AGH. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank our expert guest, Arpit Mehta, Director of Pharmacy for Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh. And thank you all for joining us today. For the Future of Pharmacy podcast and for OmniCell, I'm Ken Perez. Thanks for listening.